Bible sakes for me to get away from this verse. I hope we never do. Isaiah, the ninth chapter. Isaiah, the ninth chapter. You know the verse very well. <clears throat> Isaiah, the ninth chapter. And uh, again, thank you to the decorating committee. Did such a great job here. And also next door, as uh, many of you have seen and will see, just a beautiful job. Yes, very festive, very nice. And uh, <clears throat> with... And with all those trees over there, I must say that I do feel like Michael Boublier when I'm playing. Just saying. <laughs> how can you go from the sublime to the ridiculous so fast? Isn't that amazing how we do that here? Amen. Isaiah, the ninth chapter. Title of the message this morning is For Unto Us. For Unto Us. And this whole... Uh, thought, of course, begins in that first verse. We won't uh, reference that, won't read him, but I'll just reference it a bit later. <clears throat> he talks about a desperate situation that they are all in, and then he comes to verse 6, one of the most beautiful passages of the Old Testament, probably. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You, you know, you should really just put this on your refrigerator door. Uh, as I've mentioned, put it on a place that you go to often, which in our house is the refrigerator door. <laughs> and every day, look at that and say, what else do I need in life? He is my wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and prince of peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with justice and judgment from that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. We're just going to concentrate first on, of course, we're going to get to his names. But we're going to concentrate first on just those first three words for unto us. What an amazing thing, my goodness, to think of to whom this gift was given. Us. Us. You and me. Wow. As I've said before, if you don't think that's amazing, just look around the sanctuary. Us. Wow. And if you're still not amazed, as I've said before, Tomorrow morning, take all your clothes off and look in a full-length mirror. <laughs> for unto us. It's, it's so difficult for us, really, to accept that God has given himself to every crooked human bent being, to that criminal, to that corrupt banker, to that embezzler, to that drug addict, to that alcoholic, to that pedophile, to that whatever, to all those self-righteous, arrogant normal people that say they don't need Jesus, Jesus, to think about that, to think that, that he was given to every Adolf Hitler that crossed the world stage. He was given to this wild, decrepit, unruly mass of humanity bound by sin, all of us. What a savior, my goodness. And second, <clears throat> to think about the gift itself, a child, a son, a child, not, not money, not anything else, not a, not a thing, but a person, a child, a God-man. This was no ordinary gift. 
we, we, we came on the scene, didn't we all? We traveled from far. We followed a star. We heard it in the fields, and we came to where he was, and we gave him a little bit of gold. We gave him some frankincense. We gave him some myrrh. We gave him a couple trinkets and, and said, wow, isn't this wonderful? But he gave us light for darkness. He gave us life instead of death. He gave us joy unspeakable instead of a broken spirit. He gave us a freed soul. He gave us a new spirit, a defeated enemy. He gave us forgiveness. He gave us a secure future. He gave us a grace-filled present. We gave him ashes, and he gave us beauty. We gave him mourning, and he anointed us with the oil of gladness without measure. We were bowed down under a spirit of heaviness, and he clothed us with a garment of praise. What a Savior we have this morning. And, what, and what's so amazing, too, about this is it, the word says that he was given, not loaned, no, not loaned, not borrowed, not paid for. He was given to us. What a Christmas. Wow. What a gift. What'd you get for Christmas? Oh, I got an Xbox. Great. I got some jewelry. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. I, I got a new flat screen TV. Oh, isn't that great? So you could just watch all the lies you want, you know? <laughs> why, 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 what'd you get? Oh, he set me free from a yoke of bondage. He delivered from death, and now I'm walking in victory. Hallelujah. <laughs> wow, wow. Now, the, the other interesting thing about this in, in this passage, and you could read it uh, later if you'd like, but in those first uh, five verses, it, it's quite a context. If you look at those verses, let me just give you the words that are in those verses. Dimness, affliction, vexation, shadow of death, garments of blood, misery, a yoke of burden, and a rod of oppression. Does that sound like the world? It sounds like the world. Aren't you glad that God is not afraid of bad situations? Aren't you glad that God runs toward evil, not away from it? Aren't you glad he's not shocked by sin? He's not dismayed by all of our failures and our mistakes? Nope, nope. Israel was in a bad situation, and this tells me something about our lives as well. No matter how dark, no matter how bleak, no matter how bad the situation, God is preparing the Messiah for you. You may be in verses 1 through 5 right now. But Isaiah 9-6 is coming. Hallelujah. <laughs> you, you, you could look at it in one of two ways. You could say, you know what? I'm in verses 1 through 5 right now in my life. It's miserable. There's a yoke of burden. It's vexation. It's affliction. It seems like death is all around me. But you know what? I'm either going to see this as a setting for my defeat or I'm going to see this as a setting for God to do something amazing that I would never, ever expect him to do. And he did. He sent forth a child a child and, and in his own amazing way he sent forth a baby you would think now wait a minute wait a minute in this situation uh in this bleakness shouldn't we have like maybe a hundred thousand Deshans that just got out of boot boot camp and are trained to do battle and war and defeat the enemy no god says here's the way i'm gonna do it i'm gonna bring a baby hold that baby up that's what he's going to bring. Stormy's in the nursery, but we got our sermon illustration right there. I'm going to send a baby. A baby. Wow. What a savior. <laughs> Aren't you glad he does things we don't understand? Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So Isaiah, <clears throat> in describing 
the victory that's coming in verse 6. He, he does something, and I jokingly said this uh, the other Wednesday night, I think we were talking about the incarnation, and I jokingly said, we're going to attempt to use words. You know, we, we try to use words, and they just don't really work, but we're going to try. So Isaiah uses uh, words, starting in verses 6 and 7, and he tries to explain who this God is. And he starts with the first one, and he says he is wonderful. The word wonderful literally means full of wonder. And as you gaze at Jesus, you are full of wonder. Uh, this is the one who upholds all things by the word of his power. He sits on the circle of the earth. He stretches out the heavens like a curtain. He spreads them out as a tent to dwell in. He rides upon the heavens of heavens. He is full of wonderful wonder. He is untouchable. He's unknowable. He's undisclosed. He's immovable. He's unchanging. He is from everlasting to everlasting. He is full of wonder. You can't see him or touch him. And even though he is all these things, even though he is omnipotent, all full of power, he says, here are my hands, pierce them. Even though his power knows no limits, he says, here are my feet, drive the spikes. Even though he is omnipresent everywhere, he says, here, here's the spot in the universe that you need to do it. Take the sword and put it right in this side right here. That's the spot I'm controlling right now. For unto us, <laughs> what a savior he is. How wonderful. But he's also impossible to define. How, how do you define this? How do you understand this? How could God get thirsty? But yet God got thirsty. Little woman at the well, he said, I thirst. Give me something to drink. How could God get tired? But yet he got so tired that he who watches over Israel that neither slumbers nor sleeps got so tired that he fell asleep in the back of a boat during a storm. Hmm. Before he closed his eyes, at night and saw all the starry skies. What did he think? He was laying on a bed on earth, but yet his word was holding together every one of the stars that he was looking at. His word was holding together the bed that he was on. His word was holding together the body that he was in. Wow, how wonderful, full of wonder. How could, how could a 14-year-old boy not use the eternal power at his disposal to do whatever he wanted? How could a 16-year-old not resist frying some people to a crisp? I'm 62 and I've got a crispy list. <laughs> if you had that power, I wonder how many humans there would be on earth right now. You'd be the last one to go probably. So you how could you be 13 and contain all the mysteries of the universe, teaching them in the temple? How, how, how could you do all that and then come home and your mother says, Jesus, go clean your room and help your father pick up the tools? How, how, is, how does that make sense? How could the King of Kings and Lord of Lords submit to humans? Wait in line to get baptized. Wait in line behind every filthy human being around him but he waited in line john said i shouldn't be baptizing you you should be baptizing me and he says no this is the way it has to be to fulfill everything what obedience my goodness even as an adult beginning his ministry remember the first miracle was creating wine at the the marriage feast in cana land and uh <clears throat> mary his mother came to him and said the wine is getting low <laughs> and and you know, at that point, 
I wonder why she did that. Uh, did she? Because she knew, must have sensed his power, the beginning of his ministry. Did she sense something? Did she want him to perform a circus trick for everybody, or 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 did she want to vindicate herself and say, "You've mocked me for thirty some years that I've said that this child came from the Holy Spirit, and you've mocked me. Now I'm going to prove to you he's going to make water into wine." And what did Jesus say? He said, woman, (laughs) let me tell you something. There's that woman over there. But if you call your mother woman, you better have a really good reason. Or you better be a really fast runner. Woman? And it's interesting, he didn't say mother. I believe he was beginning to speak as the Messiah. Woman, what? business is that of ours my time is not now and then what did he do he did it anyway (laughs) he did what his mother wanted him to do anyway but he probably reinforced it by saying I'm going to do this for you because I love you you're my mother but this is not the time this is not this is going to be meaningless this doesn't mean anything compared to what's going to be happening but but the the whole point of this is the creator submitted to his elders and there's a word there the creator of the elders submitted to his elders the creator of the womb that bore him submitted to the woman that had the womb submission that's wonderful to me i don't I don't understand that submission because anytime anybody says anything to me, the first thing that my humanity wants to do is bucket. I I don't mean B-U-C-K-E-T. I mean B-U-C-K space (laughs) I-T. I want to push back because I'm a human. How under control he was. Think about about this wonder. We talked about this a while back. A carpenter in the Middle East. Remember, remember as a carpenter, he was not buying his lumber at Home Depot, Right? Well, actually, nobody could buy lumber at Home Depot right now, but he was not buying his lumber there. These were not real nice two-by-fours. These were not nice sheets of plywood. This was hard-hewn wood, hot in the Middle Eastern sun, ancient tools, rough wood. Never once did he swear when he got a splinter. Never once when that clumsy mallet hit his thumb. Never once when that loose board hit his foot. Not one stray word. The thought coming in was stopped immediately by the Spirit of God. How in control he was. Wow, what wonder. At 19, not one lustful thought. Wow, for unto us. (laughs) Unto us, not some king, not some president, not some parliament, but unto you and unto me, this Savior came. What a Savior. The good news today is, you want a Christmas gift? Here's your Christmas gift. This disciplined God-man is your Savior. He is a high priest which is touched with the feeling of your infirmities, but in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, we can come boldly to the throne of grace and find mercy and help in a time of need. Mary Christmas, what a savior. He's wonderful. It's wonderful. But also, also remember, he is the counselor too. He's a counselor. Remember, he's unto us. So he's available to all of us 24 hours a day for counsel and advice. The word says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask. And God will give it to you. 
may not give it to you right that second. He may lead you in another direction, but he'll give you wisdom. And usually when we ask, his first response is shut up. (laughs) Be quiet. Be quiet. Wait. Wait. Meditate. Think. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. Right? That's how we walk. But, but I believe there's a bit of a deeper meaning in this word counselor, too. It's both used as a verb and a noun. He is the counselor, right? But it also means to counsel. So your elder brother, as Savior and Lord, he has a purpose for your life. He is creating a design for your life. He purposes change and direction and seasons and growth and destinies. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. <clears throat> not not, not uh, just like a psychologist that sits there and, and, and waits for you to come up with the answer. He orders and designs your life. Uh, here's, a, here's a good pattern for you. A good pattern of living. Psalm 37. You, many of you might know it by heart, but it gives four things for you to work on in, in 2022. Ready? Trust in the Lord, right? And do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him. He'll bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as at the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Those are four things we could really work on in the new year. I can work on, not you. Me. Trust, delight, commit, and rest. Mm -hmm. Everybody say that together. Trust, delight, commit, and rest. One more time. Trust, delight, commit, and rest. Wow. Jesus said in Matthew 6, and when you pray, don't heap phrases upon yourselves like the Gentiles do, for they think that they'll be heard for their many words. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you even ask him. What a counselor. What a counselor. He is purposing things. He's determining things according to his counsel, and it's full of wonder. But don't forget, his counsel, full of wonder, will accomplish all sorts of things in different ways. Just like when he was on the earth and he was going to heal somebody and he healed some people along the way. He delayed as he was healing and the sick person died, so he raised the person from the dead for his glory. He does things in his certain way and in his certain time. But he is the counselor that gives us everything that we need to understand life. All things have been given to us, the word says, that pertain unto life and godliness. We have everything we need. Uh, as I've said a billion times, it's all in here, right? It's all in here. So that, that's all you need. So he's the wonderful, he is counselor, he is the mighty God and everlasting father. We're going to take these two together. Mighty God and everlasting father. We need to understand uh, who this Jesus is. He is the wonderful counselor. He is the wonderful counsel. He's not like the Father. He is the Father. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Again, forget it. Don't even try to understand it. You can't. It's impossible. We, we have tried over the years <clears throat> that all oh, the Trinity is like, uh, is like an egg, right? It has the shell, the white, and the yolk. The problem with that illustration is when you make scrambled eggs, guess what happens to the shell and the yolk? <laughs> the shell is in the trash, right? So it doesn't work. The shell disappears. There's, there's no way to understand the Trinity. It's impossible. So he's not like the Father. He is the Father. He is not an angel. He is the creator of all the angels. 
He, he is not an emanation from God. He is God. He is not a created son. He is a begotten son. That is, he was not born in the earth. He was begotten into the earth. A body you have made for me, he said in the Old Testament. And I know, this is all weird. It's unfathomable. It can't be understood. But, <clears throat> would you want a God that you can understand? I don't think I would. That wouldn't make any sense if I can comprehend him. Comprehend him. He is God of God of God. He is light of light. He is very God of very God. He is begotten of the Father before all worlds, begotten, not made, the creed says. He is co-substantial with the Father. Jesus is the mighty God, not a mighty God. He is not one of many. He is not a way to. <clears throat> he is not one of the paths of. He is God. So when you see this mighty God and everlasting Father, you understand that he is the Ancient of Days. When you see Jesus, you see El Elohim, the strong one. When you see Jesus, you see El El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. You see El Kedem, the eternal God. You see El Kayim, the living God. When you see Jesus, you see El Elyon, the most high Lord. When you see Jesus, you see Jesus, El Yeh, Asher, El Yeh, I am that I am. And when he said that when he was on the earth, they all fell down backwards on their backs because of the authority. This is, this is Jesus that we see in Revelation on that white horse, and his name is called Faithful and True, and his eyes are as a flame of fire, and on his head are many crowns, and he has a name written that no man knows, only himself. He's clothed in a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God, but it doesn't stop there. This is the Jesus who treads out the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God, and he has on his vesture and on his thigh a name that is written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. All oh, hallelujah, give him praise. For unto us, what a Savior, what a Savior he is. But then he gives one last name, and this is so wonderful. He says, not only is he a wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, but Prince of Peace. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't it wonderful that, he, that, that, that the prophet wraps it up? He wraps up all those names with peace, not warfare, not conquering, not any of those things. He says, this mighty God, this everlasting father, he is the prince of peace. He is the healing balm of Gilead, the word says. The peace that passes all understanding. The joy unspeakable that resides deep inside of our hearts. The joy that comes in the morning after the weeping is gone. He's the keeper of peace. He's the bestower of peace. He's the ruler, the governor, the dispenser of peace. He said, peace I leave with you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. Peace I leave. Aren't you glad that we don't have the world's peace? The world is at peace on Tuesday at 9 a.m., and by Wednesday night, it's back to war again. I remember that story uh, of, of World War I. Some of you probably know it. There's, there's an actual name for the event and everything, but in World War I, on Christmas Day, in the trenches, the German army got up, and the Americans and British got up, and they went out in the middle of the, of the battlefield, and they sang Christmas carols together. And then 12 hours later, they started killing each other again. <laughs> I don't want that kind of peace. <clears throat> I want permanent peace that Jesus gives me. 
So, so in this <clears throat> harried, harassed time of year, don't let society rob your peace. Don't let a lack of money, don't let fear of the future, don't let any of things worry or steal your peace. 2022 is going to be way greater than 2021, and it was greater than 2020, because each day we're getting closer to his coming, hallelujah, and each day he's making us stronger. We're growing stronger on the inside day by day as we approach that glory. So I can tell you right now, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords is already preparing our 2022 for us, and it's going to be wonderful. You say, well, how do you know that? Because I know Jesus. That's how I know that. Well, what if they kill you? Or what if something bad happens? Or what if you have an earthquake? Once again, I win. (laughs) I win. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise his name. We look to that King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And and especially for all you moms and dads or grandmas and grandpas or whatever that, that don't maybe have enough money to buy whatever the little kids want and whatever they want for Christmas and all that. I'm so glad I don't have children. Oh, hallelujah. So glad my kids are 30 and 35 and I don't have to figure out what the latest toy is to buy them. Lord, have mercy, what a mess. <laughs> <clears throat> You know what? 20 years from now, they won't remember that toy they didn't get. They'll, they'll remember every hug you gave them. They'll remember every kiss you gave them. They'll remember every time you told, you to lo- told them you loved them. They'll remember every chocolate chip cookie you made for them. But that silly toy, they won't remember. They won't remember. And if you've got little, little children, just buy them empty boxes and wrap them up. They- they play with those more than they do with the gift, right? So, <clears throat> lock in to this King of Kings. Lock into this Prince of Peace. Lock, lock into this Lord of Lords. In this coming year, no matter what happens in our lives, lock into the wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. Everlasting. He doesn't care what's happening in 2022. He's already there. He's already prepared the way. He's from everlasting to everlasting. 2022 is nothing to him. 2021 was nothing. 2020 was nothing. Nothing. 1800 was nothing. It's all his. It belongs to him. So our wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting, and prince of peace. What more could you ask for this year for a Christmas present? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm glad that the increase of this government and we're going to talk about this a little more in the new year, the increase of this government, this dominion, this rule, this order, this authority, this love, this grace, this mercy, this purpose, will have no end. And I am so glad. Father, we just thank you so much for your kingdom that will never pass away. It never ends. It grows stronger every day, especially in us. The outward man is perishing, Paul said, but the inward man is getting stronger and stronger every day. And it's because of your mercy and your grace. So we thank you for it. Help us to live in it and revel in it and enjoy it, this kingdom you've given us. We thank you for it, Father. We ask it in Jesus' name. I believe we're just going to close with... Away in a manger? No, silent night. Silent night. Silent. Close. 
love 